You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. We are a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network and also we are sponsored by DraftKings. So thank you to both of those sets of wonderful people, I should say. Uh, And uh, welcome to you and thank you for being here with us today. This is episode 232 of The Press Zone. 232 episodes, my goodness. Uh, And we've got a great show for you in store today. Uh, I'm happy to be here with you. My name is Amy Johnson, your host and the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And I'm joined every week here in the studio by our founder and editor-in-chief. He's the one and only Rick Stevens. How are you today? You sound in a good mood. Uh, There's turkey coming this week. Ah, I see. And pie. Thought maybe it was the heat wave down there. There's no heat wave. We had heat wave in our pre-podcast track, our, our tunes that we were playing. Oh. The name of the group, Heat Wave. Is that Groove Line, you were singing along. I was. Yeah. It was a good one. We wish we could play them on the podcast, but... Unless someone would like to become our music rights uh, yeah. aqu- acquisition sponsor. Right. <laughs> we will somebody not be playing. get play- on that. Yeah, somebody get on that, would you? Uh, then no, we we will not be able to be playing. But you mentioned Turkey. Happy Thanksgiving to you and to everyone south of the border uh, coming up in a couple of days. Thank you. Very exciting time of year. I know all of you Canadians, for you guys, as soon as November comes around, it's okay, let's start decorating for Christmas. But down here, we're like, you know, slow the roll. There's another th- There's another holiday that has to come in there first. Although I don't mind being, I don't mind having, like usually like week of Thanksgiving, I don't mind things getting decorated because then it's pretty for the Mm -hmm. holiday, but, but yeah. Now, last week you talked about, um, or we talked about um, holiday traditions or strange holiday traditions on Thanksgiving Uh and on our Rocket Sports team Slack group. Um, Mike Rashall had a good one. He weighed in, yeah. He did. That on their Thanksgiving, or I, I, I think it was mostly any kind of holiday. Holiday, yeah. Uh, they have rabbit stew. But he also said they have beef Wellington, and I'd be all, I'd be down well, with that, that. Yeah, that's true too. Rabbit stew. If you fed it to me and said it's beef stew, <laughs> then I might be able to do that. Mm. I have a thing about bunnies. So one, I could, I wouldn't be able to raise meat rabbits. Couldn't do it. Sorry. I was very good friends with an Italian family. I was over for dinner quite often, and yes, rabbit was on the on the menu um, quite regularly. Actually, delicious. Can't do it. stop it. They are not delicious. <laughs> they are cute. <laughs> <laughs> Although so are cows and I do love beef, so I can't really. But yes, I uh, so so for for Mike Rashel's weigh in there. Thanks, Mike. I like that. Thank you for thank you for weighing in. Uh, and I'm all I'd be down with the beef Wellington at holidays. Mm-hmm. Hadn't considered the beef Wellington. 
that's I got to keep that one in mind. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so we're getting ready for Thanksgiving down here. Uh, everywhere else, we're just getting ready to kick into the holiday season. We're about a quarter of the way through the season already. Ew. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> um it's just motoring along. So we've got lots to talk about today in our first segment. Of course, we'll cover the Laval Rocket. Uh, they had split results on the road last week. I'm sure most Habs fans are quite aware of the sensational comeback win that they had on Wednesday night against Toronto. You might not have heard as much about their performance on Saturday in Belleville. So we'll get you caught up on those things. Then we're going to talk a little bit about basically the Habs youth. You know, if if... If we're at a stage with the Montreal Canadiens where things need to kind of get torn down and get built up again, starting with the management on down, um, they're really going to need to start looking to their youth and betting on their future. Uh, and so we're going to talk a bit about uh, where Cole Caulfield is at right now. Caden Primo had an NHL recall recently. Talk a little bit about how he did there and, and where he's at. Ryan Paling. Uh, and then, of course, Mark Bergevin has weighed in with some comments uh, about some of his youth uh, players in the in the last week. Uh, most of them, honestly, weren't that great. Uh, and one of them included young Jordan Harris, currently playing in the NCAA. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, then in our second segment, uh, we're going to catch you up on the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. They had three games to play last week. Did they get some wins? Well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to let you know. Uh, but we're also going to take you through the string of injury updates. This team is absolutely plagued with injuries top to bottom. And quite frankly, the Flyers have been this season as well. Uh, it's It seems to be uh, mimicking that down in the AHL as well. So we'll get you caught up in the current status, uh, new injuries, older injuries, who's coming back, who's not playing, all of that in the second segment. And then in the third segment, we'll introduce you to this week's AHL Player of the Week. Uh, there is a team that is currently playing in the American League that is absolutely killing it. They're setting new league records. We're going to talk about that. And then we'll get you caught up on some upcoming features happening here at the AHL Report that you won't want to miss this week. And uh, then we'll send you on our on your way and you can be enjoying some snacks, enjoying some hockey. And if you are south of the border, getting ready to make room for turkey and mashed potatoes. And gravy. And great, yes, we can't forget the gravy. No, <laughs> and pie. I'm so. This is a Thanksgiving episode, and you haven't mentioned pie once. <laughs> Kathy will be very disappointed in you. <laughs> Cherry pie, blueberry pie, apple pie. I'm making pumpkin pie this uh, week. I'm making pumpkin. Pumpkin. Enjoy. Pu enjoy. I will. I haven't. I used to make at least two or three pumpkin pies every autumn, and I haven't made one in a number of years. So, um, I'm I'm making one. And I'm going to eat the whole thing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. So let's start with the Laval Rocket. Let's first start with that big win in Toronto last Wednesday. Um, this was, my goodness, this was quite a game to watch. Um, the, the thing that I think was interesting and great about this is this game happened to be also simulcast on the NHL network. And what a game if, if there were hockey fans watching the NHL network, which I don't know why they would be because it's a terrible network, but that's, that's another story for another day. But for, for fans who don't get a lot of exposure to AHL hockey, this was a great game to have, to have kind of fallen into deciding to, to air on the NHL network uh, because it swung from one end of the spectrum to the other. Um, Toronto got off to a hot start, as they're wont to do uh, many times against Laval. Uh, Brett Sini kicking things off with uh, a goal in the first basically six minutes of the game, followed up by another beauty by Josh Hosang. Um, and then, uh, okay, Raphael Harvey Pennard evens it, uh, not evens it, but brings them back within one before the, the end of the, the first intermission. Um, then Toronto puts the hammer down on Laval in the second period, scores three goals against Brett Sini again, Joey Anderson and Duragachunsev all score against uh, against Laval. Michael McNiven's night is over. It's looking pretty dire. Um, so, and Canadians fans, if yeah. you have the if you already have the T-shirt that says it was three one. 
it was 5-1. Now 3-1 from the, yeah, the, from the, the playoffs. playoffs against the Leafs <laughs> series. Now you need a new t-shirt. It was, it was 5-1. And then, just a couple of minutes before the end of the second period, Gabriel Bork scores his second goal of the season to uh, make it 5-2. And Laval came, to their credit, Laval came out, out in the third looking like a team on a mission. Uh, Louis Belpedio scored on the power play. Lucas Vedema with a gorgeous shorthanded goal uh, just picked just just picked his spot top corner. It was fantastic. And then Cole Caulfield with the tying goal five to five at thirteen forty six in the third period. Um, so of course everyone was excited. Uh, Cole Caulfield scored. They were four on four at at the time. Uh, goes to overtime. Overtime was just a complete. <laughs> Both goaltenders were 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 doing their thing in in overtime. It was frenetic. It was fast paced. It was everything you'd want overtime to be. And then they went to the shootout, and it took nine rounds before finally Raphael Harvey Pinard finished it off, and Laval won. Fabulous. It was it was quite a game. Normally we don't go goal by goal, play by play, but it was that kind of a game. Very exciting for fans to watch. Um, and the third period, the the the, the uh, Laval Rocket tied it up. E- each goal was um, call it special teams uh, call, but the, mm-hmm. none of the goals were five on five. No, which power play, shorthanded goal, and then four on four, as you said. That's right. Um, the power play has been struggling for them. They've been, uh, I think right now they're sitting around 22nd or 23rd in the league for their power play. Power play has not been good. Um, but it came through, uh, like I said, Vedema with that shorty uh, and then Caulfield coming coming in coming in hot in the, uh, the four on four. So that fantastic game. Then they go to play Belleville on Saturday. And this is the second of four games that they will play against Belleville this month. Uh, They play a home and home against them next week. uh, This week, I should say this Friday and Saturday. Um, They haven't had a lot of luck this season. They've only played in Belleville, I think a couple of times and they've not done well ever each time. Uh, So for some reason, I guess JF Uhl thought he'll go with the quote unquote hot hand Uh, did not give McNiven the chance to redeem himself on Saturday, which a side note, I would have done, but, uh, you know, who am I? I'm not a head coach. Uh, so instead decided to start Kevin Pullan, uh, and well, it just didn't go well. Um, it was, a little, it, it was even in the first, it was one-to-one after, after one period, Lucas Vedem will come and throw again. Um, but then Belleville put up a couple of goals in the second period. Uh, in fact, they were a couple of power play goals against uh, penalty kill, which has been strong for Laval, not coming through for them there. Um, Laurent Fan putting things together for his own power play goal, but then not one, but two empty net goals in the third period. Uh, Laval loses that one five to two in Belleville, uh, just defensively didn't look, didn't look great. Um, and it's kind of been the story for this team that they just can't seem to put a string of wins together. Um, and now again, they have another whole week off. They don't play again until Friday. So it's not been great. They're not, they're, they're not at, I don't know that, I don't think that they're at 500 on the season right now. Um, and uh, it's, you know, when you've got guys, well, Paling's not there right now. You've got a couple of injuries and so forth, but uh, they've got to be able to put it together. Defensively is where they've they've not looked tremendous. Seven, seven, and one. So uh, a game under uh, five hundred. Um, um, a technically a winning percentage of, of five hundred, but um, but yeah, it's. And and these games were kind of decided um, by the by special teams giving up two mm-hmm. power play goals. Uh, there was a penalty shot in in this game there was. Uh, as well in the second period, and Kevin Poulin came out on the right side of that. He did. Um, but it's it seems you know one aspect of the game or the other uh, they can't put together. Uh, they have a hard time putting together consistent effort. Seems that we've seen that somewhere else in the Montreal Canadiens organization this season. Mm-hmm. Mm. Canadians who can only play one, one strong period. 
Except, well, in the last game, maybe they put together one and a half. <laughs> the second period. <laughs> the, uh, second period. Uh, the second period won, won them the game. Well, that's game, true. That's game. true. That's true. Uh, so let's, you know, so that those are the updates, of course, on Laval. If, if you want the full uh, kind of big picture of how each of those games went. Don't forget to go to ahlreport.com. Check out our full comprehensive game recaps. It'll give you the line combinations, the injuries, the scratches, uh, a full written game summary, all the stats, video highlights, you name it, it's all there for you. So so go and check that out for sure. What we want to do now is kind of just talk about some of the key young prospects coming through Laval's system and and where they're at right now. The first and foremost, of course, is Cole Caulfield. Um, I, for one, Rick, was unpleasantly surprised to see Caulfield recalled back to Montreal after that stunning comeback shootout win on Wednesday night in Toronto. Um, the question here for, for this part of the segment is, was Caulfield recalled to the NHL too soon? And, and I'm asking that because, you know, just because Caulfield had, you know, he had that game is where he kind of looked like the Cole Caulfield that we've seen on highlight reels for a very long time and who we saw in the playoffs. Um, he looked confident. He was skating well. Uh, he had some, you know, hands were working well. He had some nifty moves, had some had some key goals. But it doesn't mean that I I I would have expected him to still stay down a little longer because it doesn't mean everything is fixed. And leading up to that game, he hadn't exactly been knocking it out of the park. Um, and so, you know, he's been back for a couple of games with the Habs now, and I haven't seen him do anything like standing on his head so far. Uh, n- not that I mean, that's not easy to do on the Montreal Canadiens team as a whole right now. But the question is. Do we think Cole Caulfield was recalled to the NHL a little too soon this time around? As you said, he wasn't uh, he wasn't dominating. You'd want a player um, like Cole Caulfield to go to the AHL and show that he can dominate. He had five points in six games, uh, n- but not exactly c- consistently done. Um, of concern is in those six games, he was also a minus six. So defensive play, not, uh, quite there. Um, and, and so there was, there was, uh, a lot of discussion. In fact, uh, RDS did a poll with several thousand Canadians fans asking, was Cole Caulfield recalled, uh, too soon? And about two thirds of their respondents said, yes, he was, uh, recalled too soon. So, um, Martin McGuire on ninety one nine. Um, there, there was, there was. Uh, um, Mark Bergevin. Uh, we uh, last Friday it was announced that uh, there was a uh, a positive COVID test. Uh, he's recovering from that, and we wish him well. Um, but that he had uh, arranged a uh, um, an interview with Pierre LeBrun. Uh, all the other rights holders got upset, um, and, and commented about that. And suddenly they all got an email from Paul Wilson saying, would you like 15 minutes? Mm -hmm. Um, so on, um, uh, 98.5, did I say 91.9? You did. Uh, I'm sorry. 98.5 is Martin McGuire. Um, he had his 15 minutes with with Mark Bergevin, and he he said, um, "Do you think that that Caulfield was recalled a little bit too early?" And you might have expected the general manager to to give an answer about the rationale that they had seen enough. He had, you know, he had impressed them. He had <laughs> this part of his game or that part of his game. And Bergevin essentially agreed with Martin McGuire, <laughs> uh, saying, "Yeah, maybe, but we've got injuries. Um, we've got a lot of injuries, so um, we had to uh, call him back up. We needed we needed a a, a player. We needed a winger. Um, and you know what? Um, he can always go back down. Um, it's it's uh, it's." It's not a big deal. Uh, he'll have to maintain a, a certain level of play in Montreal, or you'll be seeing him sent right back down to Laval, which kind of caught everybody uh, a little by surprise, I think. Well, I think I think 
there's a good portion of fans that thought once he got recalled from the AHL, then he'd be good to go. And, and that would be that and move on. Um, that's not always how development works. It's certainly not how the Canadians do things. Um, and Bergevin also, you know, he said, if Cole Caulfield doesn't return to playing like the Cole Caulfield we saw in the playoffs, then yes, he'll go back to Laval to keep working on on his game. Uh, the person who really doesn't want to hear that is Cole Caulfield because he was very vocal about he never, he wanted to get sent down only this once and then once he got called back up, never wanted to go back again. Um, it's up to Cole Caulfield to make sure that that doesn't happen. However, if he's not performing how the Canadians want him to, if they feel that he hasn't fixed the things that they originally sent him down to Laval to fix, then yes, he's going to find himself back on Jean-Francois Hull's bench um, until he does fix it. Now, we don't want to see him turn into the yo-yo of back and forth. Someone of Cole, Ca Cole Caulfield's caliber should not be shuffling back and forth between the AHL uh, a bunch of times throughout the season. Um, so I would say if he does end up going back down to Laval, keep him down there until, as you to, to use your word, Rick, until he dominates in the AHL. Um, this in I I agree. I this re, this recall came too soon. Um, should have been a, probably a couple more weeks down in the AHL. Uh, let him, you know, he had that stellar game on Wednesday. So let him feed off of that and let him do that for three, four, five more games and then call him back up. Um, but, you know, injuries. <laughs> and we heard Cole Caulfield uh, just after he was sent down, a couple games uh, after, uh, when he interviewed, said, um, no, I fixed this, I fixed that, I'm, yeah. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Um, and um, ready to come back kind of thing. Um, so it might have been... Um, might have been useful to keep him down and and let him realize that uh, his game wasn't where it needed to be. Now, uh, if if you go to our headlines uh, post at allhabs.net, uh, that's Tuesday's uh, headline post. Uh, you'll, you'll there's there's uh, a number of quotes from Cole Caulfield and and he's where he says that uh, he likes his game right now. He understands that uh, he was. He was being a bit too stationary. He needs to keep moving, mm -hmm. um, and he needs to be uh, close to the puck in order to create uh, opportunities. Um, interesting um, as well, he, he um, talked about his adjustment when he went down to Laval, his adjustment, and um, who helped him um, when he got there. And uh, it was none other than Ryan Paling. It was. Um well, we can jump ahead. We weren't going to talk about Ryan Paling next, but we can we can jump to Ryan Paling um, to talk about that. Yeah, Ryan Paling apparently reached out to even though Paling was recalled to to NA to the NHL. Uh, Cole Caulfield gets sent down, and Ryan Paling is an alternate captain in Laval this year. His leadership skills uh, have been uh, have been talked about by many of his teammates and Paling still felt it was his duty, even though he wasn't playing in Laval to reach out to Cole Caulfield and just tell him, Hey, I've been through this. You're going to be fine. Just keep your head on straight, do the work, do what you got to do. You're going to be okay. And, uh, Cole Caulfield said that, uh, uh, he's called, said that Ryan Paling is, is, a big leader in Laval uh, and has, has really appreciated his friendship and his guidance and his mentorship. Uh, and so those are great words of, of, of enthusiasm about Ryan Paling's game off the ice and, and the leader that he has really turned into. And Caulfield said uh, Paling's advice was, uh, you know, put, set the noise aside, just focus on the task at hand. Uh, don't, don't get caught up in, uh, being demoted and and um, and the emotional feelings around that you have a job to do. Uh, there are things you need to work on. Focus on that, and you'll be fine. And um, and Cole Caulfield said that was that was pretty wise advice. As Ryan Paling Paling told him, he's been through this plenty of times. Paling is one of those is one of those prospects that we have uh, we have preached over and over again has been a bit misused. 
and has done the call up and send down and call up and send down and gets called up and things go south and gets sent back down. And uh, he has admittedly said it took him a long time to get in the right headspace to deal with that. Um, and he's now really gotten, it seems, a good grasp of his path and his journey. And we have said since camp that he was looking very good. Uh, we were very sad to see Adam Brooks get signed at the last minute before the start of the regular season. We knew the writing was on the wall there for Paling to get cut from the team, uh, even though he he had essentially, quote unquote, made the team for opening night. Um, and despite going out in the second game of the AHL season, with an injury, uh, he came back uh, looking very strong and has looked very ready. When you say dominating in the AHL, Paling has been doing that for a bit now. He had a very good season with Laval this this past year. Uh, and Rick, he certainly, absolutely does not look out of place uh, up in the NHL. You can, you can just take the Cedric Paquettes and you can pack his bags for him and just send him off as soon as he's healthy. Uh, I think Ryan Paling's looking great in the NHL. Cedric Paquette uh, expected to return from injury and be in the lineup on Wednesday night against the Capitals. Um, Dom Ducharme said today, uh, however, that he'll, Paquette will likely uh, play on the wing because Ryan Paling is doing so well. Y- you think? Uh, I wow. Mean, I mean, is that how this is supposed to work? I mean, uh, it shouldn't have even been a consideration. Um, Paquette's been awful. Paquette mm-hmm. can't win a faceoff. Uh, Ryan Paling has has really improved his his faceoffs. He's playing physical. A um, couple of goals uh, in his in the last game. He's he's really um, uh, looking looking very comfortable and and looking good with his wingers. Now. Speaking of injuries, we know that Jake Allen uh, has returned from his injury. He is slated to get the start for Montreal on Wednesday night in Washington against the Capitals. That meant Caden Primo was sent back down to Laval this week. Uh, He had a very short stint in the NHL, played a couple of games. Um, So is, you know, I, I feel like every time, every time there's a need to fill a spot at the NHL level in this franchise with a goaltender, fans scream and scream and scream, Caden Primo, Caden Primo, Caden Primo. And then Caden Primo comes up to the NHL and they say, oh, Caden Primo should probably go back to the AHL. Um, what was his performance like this time? It was kind of, for me, it was kind of 50-50. But we saw even in that game, uh, the the... Caden Primo need has there are things that he needs to work on. Puck tracking is is one of them, um, and and puck track tracking affects um, being able to read the play, being able to follow the puck. Uh, it it affects a goaltender's game, not only in, ma- in being able to make the save, but being in position to uh, not give up bad rebounds. And we see, saw that a lot. The other the other issue, and and I know that Caden Primo has has been. Uh, coached and trained and and preached about being more economic economical with his movement. Um, he we saw even in in uh, in both games uh, he overplays uh, an initial shot and then is way out of position for a second ch- chance opportunity. So and 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 you know he he likes to be athletic. He's got a great glove. He challenges shooters, but um, he's not good post to post. So, or he's not quick enough post to post. Um, so, you know, again, the numbers don't look very good for Caden Primo. Uh, two games, uh, eight seventy-seven save percentage, four eighty-two goals against. Uh, that's just not very good. We look back. I mean, it's not. It's not just this year. Last year, four games call up. 849 save percentage, 416 goals against. Um, he needs he needs volume of games uh, yeah. over and over and over again until he he um, is dominant. That word again at the AHL level, and and he hasn't been. Um, so 
nice for him to get um, a couple of games out, exposure uh, to NHL play, but uh, he needs to stay put uh, in the AHL for the rest of the season, uh, for sure. And what I really don't appreciate is for the casual fan who's watched, for the casual AHL fan uh, who is watching NHL games, if they were a Canadians fan listening to the Canadians broadcast of that first game that Primo played in last week, and they listened to Mike Johnson's call or Mike Johnson's color analysis, you would have thought that Carey Price was in net, for God's sake. I mean, Mike Johnson was falling all over himself with the, oh my God, like, can you believe the saves that Caden Primo is made? I mean, I would... Mike Johnson is paid to create excitement, Ugh. not to be accurate with his analysis. I, uh, could we just have some actual, ana- like, factual analysis of a goaltender's performance? Because unfortunately, there's a lot of fans that just kind of casually watch, and then they're like, oh yeah, did you see how great Caden Primo was? Yeah, then, well, no, he wa- he... He did okay. He did all right, but he wasn't knocking anything out of the park. Um, oh, that kind of stuff just irritates me. Um, all right. So we've talked about Caulfield. We've talked about Paling. We've talked about Caden Primo. Let's move to uh, a prospect a little farther down the line in one Jordan Harris. Um, you'll remember Jordan Harris currently playing in the NCAA elected not to end his NCAA career uh, and and go pro this year, uh, instead electing to stay in the NCAA, um, wanting to take the time that that he is certainly allotted and permitted to take. Um, and well, why are we talking about Jordan Harris right at this moment? Well, it's it's not necessarily because of how well he's doing in the NCAA. It's more about uh, circling back to Mark Bergevin, um, and kind of with. Like, I don't, is he home recovering from COVID and just full of snarky comments for everyone? Because his comments about Jordan Harris were um, not exactly friendly. And we should say that Jordan Harris is having a good season at Northeastern. Um, He has uh, 10 points in 14 games. He's a plus eight. He's the captain uh, for the Northeastern uh, Huskies. And, um, uh, we remember back 2018, he was a third round pick. He has steadily risen and um, and is one of the top prospects of the Montreal Canadiens. So much so that last uh, spring, nearing the end of the NCAA season, uh, Mark Bergevin wrote up two offers um, to have uh, two NCAA players join the roster. One was Cole Caulfield. He said yes after his season was over. Jordan Harris said, um, thanks, Mark, but um, I, I'd really like to go back, uh, both for uh, educational reasons um, and and uh, uh, also it, to finish um, my, you know, it was a COVID season and all. I'd like to go uh, finish uh, a season and as captain um, my last, my senior year um, at Northeastern. So I'm going to pass on on the offer right now, and then we'll we'll uh, I'm still committed to the Canadians, and uh, um, we'll we'll talk um, next year. Nothing wrong with that. I thought I thought it was very mature. He, Absolutely. He spent some time uh, mulling it over with his family. They made a family decision. I thought it was, you know, um, the the easy decision would have been to to jump at the money, jump at the contract, mm-hmm. uh, jump at getting signed. He didn't. He was very thoughtful. Um, he strikes, when you listen to his interviews, he, he strikes you as a very mature young man. Um, so uh, now the Canadians uh, are under a deadline, but but it's not imminent. It's the end of the season that they'd have to uh, sign this prospect or lose him. Um, and it seems odd um, that this early in the season that Mark Bergevin came out and um, made a, a rather odd um, comment, and and this one was I I do know this one was on ninety one nine, and he was asked, uh, "Are you certain that that uh, Jordan Har- Harris will sign?" 
Mark Bergevin said, we tried to get him last season, but he decided that he wanted to experience uh, an NCAA playoff run. Felt he had a good team without the impact of COVID. Uh, He told me that he's committed to Montreal. But like I say, unless he's signed, I can't guarantee anything. So the interviewer on 91.9 said, um, well, what can you do to make Montreal more attractive um, so that he does sign? Reasonable question. Yeah. And and a, and the general manager should have an answer ready to go like that for that. So Mark Bergevin said, well, it's not the contract because uh, the contract's a con- it, it doesn't matter where he goes. It's an entry-level contract. It's, it's determined by the CBA. We can't do anything there. Um, so he said, uh, often in these kind of situations, the player and his agent look at the depth chart to see what his role will be in the organization. And sometimes those are things I can't control. Listen, if he wants to go to, and I'm paraphrasing, um, if he wants to go to Boston, uh, if he wants to go to, uh, 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 the Rangers, there's not much I can do. Wow, that's a glowing endorsement for why he should come to Montreal. I I haven't heard <laughs> Jordan Harris say, gee, I'd like to go to uh, the Bruins. Gee, I'd like to go to the Rangers. Uh, like, why is this coming up at all? Why is why is, uh, why is Mark Bergevin being so negative uh, towards this prospect? Um, I, I, it... You know, it, 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 when, when the GM sours on somebody, um, he doesn't hold back and usually it's public mm-hmm. where, where, uh, he'll criticize him. And, and this seems to be following along and you, and you talked about why he might have soured on Jordan Harris. Oh, I think Mark Bergevin's having a, to- a little toddler tantrum is what I think. I think he doesn't, I think that he was completely offended that, Jordan Harris took the grown-up route and decided what was best for himself and his family was to go finish college because there were experiences there that he missed out on because of a pandemic that he didn't want to miss out on and that his education is important to him, which we preach all the time. All of these young prospects have to realize that someday there's going to be life after hockey and they have to be ready for it. Uh, So as you said, a very mature and not easy decision, but it was Jordan Harris's decision to make. It's every NCAA player's uh, decision to make, and he made it. And I think Mark has a little burr in his saddle about it. I think that he doesn't like that someone didn't just drop all of life and and come running to the Montreal Canadiens. And so I think he's having a little temper tantrum about it. He's like, fine. Fine, you didn't want to sign back. Fine, then I don't care. You want to play for Boston? Play for Boston. If you want to play for the Rangers, play for the Rangers. I think Mark Bergevin is just... I think Bergy knows that he's probably not going to be here next year in Montreal. And I think at this point, he's like, I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. Because I'm not going to be the one that has to deal with it. And quite frankly, Bergevin probably isn't going to be the one that's going to be dealing with Jordan Harris. We can hope. <laughs> well, quite possible. <laughs> we can hope. Oh. All right. So in a nutshell, uh, there are members of the Canadians youth that are doing very well. There are others that still obviously need some work. Uh, should note that Matthias Norlander uh, has been has been holding his own. Uh, so far, uh, still don't know. I also want to, I know we've said this before, but we just want to clarify it again, because I keep seeing people say this on social media, that if things do not work out with Matthias Norlander for the Montreal Canadiens, he will not be going back to Laval. He was only in Laval for a conditioning stint. Uh, it is either the Canadians or back to Sweden. It is not going to be Laval. So, um, that's why they, you know, they have to kind of tread carefully with with how this is going to go. But uh, so far, Rick, I think Matthias Norlander's been been doing doing okay. Uh, you know, still some adjustments to make, uh, but but looking pretty comfortable out there. Just two games, playing about fourteen minutes a game, and and um, yeah, as as you said, kind of holding his own, yeah. um, and uh, some nice puck moving rushes, uh, which is what his he's known for. 
Absolutely. So we will keep you uh, apprised of the prospect situation as the Canadians kind of slog through this season, whatever it's going to be. Uh, this is they know they're not making the playoffs. They know there's not going to be any shining moment at the end of this season. So make the best of the time that you have and use this time to let your young players learn, make mistakes, make some more mistakes and develop. Uh, and we can only hope that that's the direction that the Canadians take this season. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to talk about the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Did they get a win last week? They played three times. Did they get at least one win? Maybe two? Maybe three? Did they? Well, we're going to find out. We're going to talk about that right after this. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right here on the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down a dollar on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. You can follow us, of course, at the AHL Report. And you can also follow this podcast at the Press Zone. And uh, that's if you follow us there, you'll get all of the latest updates. You'll you'll know when each uh, podcast episode comes out. Of course, you should know that already because you're subscribed, right? Look down. Are you subscribed? If you're not subscribed, just hit the subscribe button. Um, And of course, when you're following at the AHL report, you're going to get uh, notifications of all of our new articles that come out, game recaps, and also live in-game tweets uh, for your favorite team. So uh, make sure you're following. In this segment, we're just going to bring you up to date on the Lehigh Valley Phantoms who just are struggling so much this season. It's been a very, very tall uphill battle for new head coach Ian LaPerriere and his uh, coaching staff. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's been a rough start to the year, struggling to get out of the bottom of the conference and out of the bottom of the division, uh, and unfortunately have to report they didn't do that last week. They played three games And it was kind of the same tale of the tape. Uh, Three losses. They consistently lose by a goal. They're so close so many times. And then it slips away. Or they get up in a game and then it slips away. Um, And it happened again. And there's been so many extended games. And the Phantoms most of the time are coming out on the losing end of those. Uh, Wednesday, they played at home against Charlotte. They lost that one four to three. Then they went on the road uh, for a bit of a northern swing. They visited the Rochester Americans on Friday night, lost that one five to four in a shootout. And then Saturday uh, went to Toronto uh, up north and lost to the Toronto Marlies three to two in overtime. Um, Rick, it's just been, I can't imagine how frustrating it is for the Phantoms, both for the players and for the coaching staff. Uh, they're coming so close and they're just not getting it done. Um, 
quite frankly, injuries are not helping, um, to be very honest. Um, I mean, the injuries are just... It's, like everybody has injuries. Everybody deals with injuries, but the injuries are really piling up. Sam Moran, um, remember when Sam Moran got injured again at the beginning of the season and he kind of casually was like, oh, I'll be off for six weeks. Well, he hasn't even started skating again yet. Uh, this is per Sam Carcitti uh, from the Philadelphia Inquirer. He hasn't even started skating yet. Uh, Tanner Lazinski coming off a hip surgery, probably out until the spring, February, March, maybe something like that. Uh, Lena Sandine expected to be out another month. He took a puck to the face. Mason Millman, who had a fractured kneecap, is, yeah, is uh, slated to start practicing soon. Um, then you've got, oh my goodness, uh, Wyatt Wiley has missed the last couple of weeks. This is according to broadcaster Bob Rotruck. Uh, goaltender Sam Erson has been out since the end of October. Uh, Ryan Fitzgerald has been out since training camp and it looks like German Rupsov got injured in Friday's game. He didn't play on Saturday. Uh, that's another big loss. Uh, but perhaps the biggest one is that Tyson Forster went out with injury this past weekend per Sam Carcitti could miss five months mm. with a shoulder injury. That's going to be pretty much his season. Um, Rick, it is, it's dire. <laughs> One of the uh, Twitter responses from a Phantoms fan uh, to Sam Carcitti is, uh, why was I cursed to be a fan of this cursed franchise? <laughs> uh, that's That kind of sums up uh, the feeling of Phantoms fans this year. Um, and, and, and listen, every team, uh, their movement is, is, uh, is uh, that's the AHL. There's movement mm. every day. Call-ups, injuries, there, there's a, a, a carousel of roster moves. Uh, it happens all the time. So you don't want to blame everything on on injuries, but the, the Phantoms have been particularly hard hit and hard hit with, with some key players uh, suffering injury. And, and, you know, when we interviewed uh, Coach Ian LaPerriere, he said um, for him, process is key and you had to play uh, the right way. You had to play his style or you wouldn't play uh, at all. Um, and and as you said, they've been close, but the, but the, the, the losses have to be weighing on them. Mm -hmm. um, they have just three wins in, in their last 10 games. Um, they're last in the Atlantic. They are... In the the, uh, the overall league, they are 30, uh, 30th out of 31 teams. So um, they're really, really struggling. And, and, um, and I, it's, it's hard to, to pin it on any one thing. Other than the injuries, it, it's because, as you said, they, they have been close. Uh, penalties have been a, an issue. Um, and special teams have been an issue. But... Um, it's, it's, this team is just overall really struggling. Struggling so much and, and missing so much in the personnel department that, uh, the Phantoms did announce today two PTO signings. Uh, they signed forward Nick Lappin and they've also signed John Gillies goaltender, uh, to a PTO. John Gillies could be, um, kind of a steadying force for them in goal while Sam Erson is, is getting healthy again, uh, can help out Felix Sandstrom a bit, brings a bit of a veteran presence. Um, if there's a silver lining, Sam Carcitti also with the report that Wade Allison has started skating again. Remember, Wade Allison went out in preseason, Flyers preseason, in the, no, sorry, in the rookie camp. Second game in the rookie camp for the Flyers. Went out with a high ankle sprain. Hasn't played at all this season. Uh, he has started skating again. Uh, has been cleared for practice. According to Carcitti, he'll probably play for the Phantoms in about two to three weeks. Now, granted, they have to get through the next two to three weeks to get there. But Wade Allison working his way back, that's a big plus. The other, the other thing is that Morgan Frost, while he is still struggling... Uh, defensively, he's still struggling to keep the skates moving. Uh, he is showing glimpses of putting things together 
Will he get recalled? Uh, the Flyers are dealing with their own slate of injuries. Kevin Hayes is out again. He's re-injured his oblique uh, that that he just recovered from. Uh, so they're dealing with a ton of their own injuries up there. Maybe we'll see a Morgan Frost, uh, Morgan Frost recall soon, although that will leave the Phantoms even more depleted. So I feel like there isn't really a win-win here at all. It's tough. It's very tough. But we will keep you posted on it. Uh, and we know that they're going to keep working hard. And uh, maybe, maybe it'll be a Thanksgiving miracle. Maybe this week they'll be able to put some wins together that'd be good to report. All right, we are going to take one last quick break. And on the other side, we're going to give you some AHL news. We've got a new AHL player of the week to talk about. And uh, hello, new AHL records getting set. We like to talk about those. We'll fill you in on all of that and more right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at AllHabs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, thanks so much for being here with us today. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And uh, we mentioned that you should follow at the AHL Report on Twitter. But if you need to or want to follow Rick or myself, you can find Rick at All Habs on Twitter. You can find me at Flyers Roll. Uh, give us a follow, give us a shout, uh, and uh, just reach out on Twitter if you've, uh, even at the AHL Report account, if you've got a question, a comment, uh, feedback, anything, uh, we always love to hear from our listeners. Um, in this segment, we want to talk a bit about the American League in general, and of course, one of our favorite things to do is introduce you to the AHL Player of the Week. This week, it is uh, Cleveland Monsters forward Brendan Gauntz who in three games last week had six points, three goals, three assists. All right. That's a pretty good week. For sure. Two points per game uh, average. Uh, that's that's all right. Um, he had a six shots on goal uh, in an overtime victory on Wednesday, and then uh, Friday matched an AHL career high with three points, including a pair of goals pl- with a plus four rating, um, and uh, had some... Had a game-winning goal on on Sunday. Um, Gons has played with Cleveland, Providence, Utica. We've seen him in Utica. That's we've seen him with the Utica Comets. That's mm-hmm. that's where we've seen him before. Um, and uh, yeah, not to be confused with, with Brother Cameron. No. Well, this is Cameron. No, this is Brent. Yes, this, this is, is Brent. <laughs> See, See how easy I, it yeah, is. No. It's Cameron. There's Brendan. Cameron is uh, was drafted a few years uh, earlier than uh, than Brendan and has I think almost 700 games in the AHL. Brent Brendan has a little bit more uh, NHL experience, uh, yes. but uh, 250 games in the AHL. I even wrote Cameron on the agenda. 
Mm-hmm. So I need to. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those gaunts guys. You mm-hmm. know, he knows which one it is. He knows. He knows. <laughs> Congratulations to Brendan Gons of the Cleveland Monsters on being this week's AHL Player of the Week. Now, another congratulations is certainly um, in order for, speaking of the Utica Comets, um, my goodness, we keep saying that they're exciting to watch as they as their win streak just kept going and going. Their undefeated streak kept going and going. Well, it got really exciting last week when they tied the league record for a winning streak to start the season at 11 and 0. Then they went on in their next game to beat that and take the new and set the new record in the AHL to go 12 and 0 to start the season. And that wasn't enough. They've even played another game since then. They are now 13 and 0 to start the season. Um we talked about this in depth with Patrick uh, Williams last week when he was here for the AHL hot stove, which if you miss that episode, visit thepresszone.fm and check out last week's episode with Patrick Williams. It was a fantastic hot stove. And we did a bit of a deep dive on this Utica to- Comets team, reminding you that this is not the Vancouver Canucks Comets that have always been so competitive year after year after year. This is the new Binghamton Devils, essentially. And the Binghamton Devils, and before that, the Albany Devils, have not been competitive in a long time. For for any team to go on a 13-game winning streak to start the season is a pretty big accomplishment. For it to be this affiliate, Rick, I mean, I think it's just, what a turnaround. It's it's incredible, and again, um, they've won 13 games, but unblemished. unblemished. Um, no losses, no overtime losses, no shootout losses. Um, they they've won every game that they've been in. Um, they are third in goals for uh, in the league as a team. They are first in goals against. They've given up just 24 goals in those 13 games. And the other thing that that I find amazing is uh, go to the AHL, look at the top 20 scorers. You're not going to find you're not going to find a Utica a player. A Utica comment, yeah. No, they're spreading it around. Um, it's a team game. Uh, they play hard. We we've talked about it before. Kevin Deneen has done an incredible job. Um, in his first year there, um, it's, it's, they are, they are playing as a team. They are winning as a team. I am, I'm calling it now early, early, early. Kevin Deneen's going to get AHL coach of the year. I'm calling it early. All right. We'll see. Bookmark this. Somebody bookmark this. (laughs) (laughs) And if I'm wrong, just delete the bookmark. We just don't have to talk about it. Uh, but congratulations to the Utica comments. I mean, who knows how long this is going to go on for? It's going to be a big feather in the cap to the first team that that actually hands them a, a loss. Uh, I don't know. The interesting part for me, and we talked about this before the show, in the uh, press release by the AHL, yes, this is the record uh, for start to the season, the most consecutive victories, but not the most consecutive during a season. And that was the North the Norfolk Admirals who had a 28 game win streak uh, back in 2011, 12 won the final 28 games of their season. So that's coming down the stretch as teams are pushing for the playoffs. They win their final 28 games and then they go on and win the Calder cup. That's how to do it. That's a, that's a bit of a way to end the season. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, Just, just incredible. So, Keep an eye on those Utica Comets. I know we will be. Um, it's it's exciting to watch, and we'll see how far they can take this. Uh, and, you know, event, a loss is inevitable eventually. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see overall how this team does uh, in the season and where they're at at the end of the year. Um, it'll be fascinating. Uh, we should mention that uh, it is still Movember. We're still here. One week left. One week left. It's the final push for Movember. Remember, Rocket Sports has joined the Movember organization to help raise funds and awareness for men's health, whether it's uh, prostate cancer, whether it's mental mental health, uh, all sorts of things. 
you can help us in a number of ways. You can join our Movember team uh, and and do fundraising on your own and add to our collective Rocket Sports team fundraising total, the proceeds of which completely and 100% go to the Movember organization to help uh, f- to help fund uh, research and, and things of that nature for men's health. You can also donate uh, to our team. You can donate to our team in general. You can pick one person who is active on the fundraising team and donate to them specifically. Or you can just go to our team page and share it on your social media accounts just to help spread the word and help encourage others to make a donation if maybe it's not something that's in your purview for this year, which is totally okay. Uh, So the way to do all three of those things is to visit the Movember fundraising page for the Rocket Sports Media team. And that is moteam.co slash allhabs. I'll say that again, Mo Team M as in Mary, moteam.co slash allhabs. And we very much appreciate any help you can give us, whether you want to help us fundraise, whether you want to donate, or whether you just want to share it with your friends. Uh, we really want to make that final push. Rick, it's been, a, it's been a successful month so far. So last year, tough year for everybody, uh, yeah. COVID, and... Um, uh, how it affected uh, everyone. Um, and so we raised three hundred and thirty dollars last year, which I thought was terrific um, in in a difficult year. When I was putting together the uh, the team this year, uh, thought, I, I think we can do better than three thirty. So I'm going to set the target as five hundred dollars and and we'd be happy because there are still people going through tough times. Yeah. Um, so we set the the um, target as five hundred dollars. And uh, about halfway through uh, the uh, month of November, uh, we were we were getting awfully close to that. So I thought, you know what? Uh, I'm going to be a little ambitious and set the target double what it was what? last year. So I reset the target, made a made a mid course correction, and set the target to six hundred and sixty dollars, uh, double what we raised last year. Wow. Well, you got to help us get there. Just spread the word. Uh, even if you can only donate one dollar, every dollar counts. Uh, so. And right now. What are we at? At this minute. At this minute. $830. What? Yes. Uh, ben Danku's <laughs> is, is fundraising up a storm. And uh, the rest of the team is uh, has contributions as well. And there, the activity, 550 kilometers, kilometers. We've got some great mustaches. Uh, the team is just uh, going crazy um, in its support for Movember. So maybe you can help us out too. And, and, and with a week left, you know, there's another number. I won't even say it, but we're not, could yeah, we, we get, could we get there with your help? We're not going to say it. No. We'll find out next week. Well, no, not even because next week's show is the 30th. Yeah. So there's still a bit of time. So there. there'll still be a little bit of time to squeak in a moteam.co slash all apps. All right. Uh, also this week, be sure you bookmark ahlreport.com. We've got some great features coming out this week. Later today, uh, our weekly segment by Maria Boabdo, AHL Weekly, that will be published. Uh, of course, that gives you your one-stop shopping for the top news around the AHL, including league standings, league stats leaders, uh, and, a, and a brief uh, summary of what happened with the Laval Rocket and Lehigh Valley Phantoms in the past week. So be sure to look for that. Uh, and then tomorrow, since uh, Patrick Williams, sadly, was not here on today's show, uh, don't turn that frown upside down because it means it's a week for his under review column at ahlreport.com. And so that will be out uh, on Wednesday this week. Be sure to look for that. It is always a great read from Patrick Williams as he brings us all of the little nuggets of information he digs up all over the American Hockey League. There's nobody more tuned in with this league than Patrick Williams. Uh, And so look for both of those things coming out at AHLReport.com this week, including game recaps as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, with that, with that, it's time to, I guess, enjoy some hockey. It is. Enjoy some snacks. Especially. Enjoy some turkey and gravy if you're... One of my fellow Americans. Um, please, everyone, stay safe, stay healthy. Um, 
and just enjoy your families and friends uh, this holiday weekend uh, and give thanks for everything that we have each day. Uh, each day really is a gift. And uh, I thank, I am thankful for everyone uh, who listens to this show each and every week and has been doing so for the past five seasons. And I'm very thankful for my fabulous co-host, Rick, uh, for being here every week. Uh, it's a great show and we're, uh, we're happy to bring it to our listeners every week. Happy Thanksgiving. And, uh, and yes, we're, we're very grateful to all of you who join us and, uh, and share the work that we do. And, um, yeah, you're, you're, you're a part of this, uh, this team as well. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Give us all the cranberry sauce and we'll see you back here again next Tuesday, uh, for another great episode of the press zone right here on rocket sports radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.